たちを本当の自分自身でやった Hello, welcome to Journey to the Zekacast, a camaraderie retrospective through the lens of decade. Where I am, Shin Garrett, and I'm Chris. And this week, we sent Evan back in time to relive the Kiva arc, so he can have more appreciation、oh. to Kiva. Oh shit, man! Yeah, if he's got to like catch back up on the show again, that's gonna take like forever. Yeah. You know there are so many episodes of the show we've recorded now, right? Yeah, it's so many. <laughs> yes, the the exact numeral unit of so many. Uh, actually, have we, I feel we haven't recorded a mainline episode without all three of us in a long time. Oh,、uh, but no, the、know. last time we did was like April nineteenth. Clearly, was it when、Fair、the、enough. last mainline episode came out? I think this is statistically the first mainline episode without everybody here. Maybe. Wow. I guess it would be. I I, I guess I'll give a pat us on the back that we got through like four shows or something, without <laughs>、uh, having to do one where not everyone was here the whole time. I usually try to keep that in mind for for being a good host. True. True. But. If we're gonna, we're we're trying to do other stuff. If we're gonna like do RPG stuff, it's just hard to have everyone together all the time. So I mean, also if there's an episode to miss, the clip show episode is probably the one to do it. <laughs> episode twenty seven is pretty eventful, though. Yeah, there is a lot in episode twenty seven, but twenty eight is pretty quick. <laughs> episode twenty eight. Is is like literally, like, unspilling a glass of water. Yeah, that is the entire point. It remind.、Uh, did you ever play Ghost Trick, Garrett? No, I have not played Ghost Trick. Oh shit! Oh, Ghost Trick is so good. You should totally play it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> But um, like there, there's the thing in in Ghost Trick where like when someone dies. The main character can rewind time. It's been a while since I played it, so it's like roughly three minutes, in order to, and then like play out those events differently each time. And it kept being a recurring meme that from that point on, any time a minor inconvenience occurred in one of the side characters' life, they would immediately kill themselves so that Sissel could fix it for them. Well. Yeah, but before we get to unspilling a vase of water, we have to get through episode twenty-seven, which is entitled "The Thirteenth Rider," where、um, the Thirteenth Rider shows up. Yep, he, but a lot of other stuff happens first. That's more interesting, I guess. Um, kind of, somewhat. There's parts. I mean, there's this whole thing. Okay, most of the episode is focused around the emotional arc of this kid, who sees Ren transform, and then is like, "I want to be a writer too." Yeah, that's pretty much that. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on because, like, Ren's girlfriend is dying, possibly. But it's fine; it gets fixed immediately. Yeah, that that isn't happening.、Um, also.、Uh, psh- Y- Yui, okay, yeah, I forget. Yeah, that's yeah. her name. Yeah, Yu- <laughs> Yui is having like this whole breakdown about how like Shiro is like actually fucked up and evil, and she is really just done with his bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, also, he's dead. All yeah, they do reveal at the end of the episode that he is dead. He has been dead for a year. He died yeah, in America. Like, wow. Reiko has just an incredible encyclopedic knowledge of stuff.、She's、I see a, why she's a good reporter. Yeah, she's a reporter. It's like her job to know stuff. I guess also to report, but to know things. Right.、Uh, and also, Goro is like, I didn't know how bad it was for Boss, because he like sees a writer fight for the first time. Right. Because the deck, the decks have this previously unmentioned power where if you touch one of them and look at a mirror where writer fight is taking place, you can see the writer fight. Unless you're UA, then you can just see it. 
Oh, well, yeah, but she's, like, got mirror stuff in her already, presumably. Mirror DNA. She's she's already in tune with the Mirrorverse. Mirror DNA. <laughs> Nanomirrors. Garrett, you, you know that mirror DNA would still be the same DNA, right? No, it would be mirrored. No, but, like, if you left-right-reverse DNA, it's still the same DNA, because it's a double helix. You know, no one gives Kojima shit when he does pseudoscience stuff. <laughs> I think people do, actually. Well, obviously no one does it to his face, because it still ends up in the games. Also, that it has, he has officially retconned it that, that Liquid Snake did not understand genetics well. That's why he was so mad. In-universe, he did not understand genetics. That's cause... That's called fixing your plot holes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's called... Mm, we had, like, a whole thematic thing going on based on a poor understanding of science, and we're just gonna drop that whole science part because it was wrong. Nanomachines. Joking about nanomachines, but, like, Revengeance is still the most politically prescient piece of art in the modern age. Yeah, I I guess. I still haven't played it since the last time you brought it up and went, you should play that. <laughs> it's so fun. You like Platinum games, right? Um, in concept? Okay. I don't know, Platinum games are weird, because, like, you're expected to play Platinum games for, like, multiple playthroughs, and I don't. I mean, I don't usually either... Yeah. And then when you do that, a Platinum game's generally, like, on the shorter end. Yeah, but that's fine, though. You know, games can be short. That's true. Look, I'm clearing my schedule to replay through Mass Effect when the remaster comes out. And by clearing my schedule, I mean waiting until the following week, because that first week is the Fantasy Star Online 2 NGS beta. NGS? Yeah, that's their... The, they're making a sequel to Fantasy Star Online 2 and just shoving it in the Fantasy Star Online client. Okay. So, like, in, like, Fantasy Star Online 2, the game, you go to a portal that takes you to the new game. They put the game inside the game. <laughs> so you can game while you game? It's Gameception. <laughs> okay. I'm still waiting for... Um, Warframe to take this idea and just slap Dark Sector 2 inside of Warframe. Uh. Huh. Huh. This is what happens when Evan's not here to keep us on track. <laughs> Does Evan do that? Sometimes. Okay. I, I believe you. Everyone else is playing Resident Evil anyway, so. I could be playing Resident Evil right now, but I'm here. For the listeners. I want to point it out, I'm also right here not playing Village, so thanks. We, we need to talk about Kamen Rider. <laughs> we should probably talk about Kamen Rider, that's true. Um, instead of, you know, uh, games podcast with two cis white men, number 5,330. You know, I bet I bet no one else is doing that. We could really be breaking new territory there. <clears throat> Karate Bugman. So, uh, I do notice in the intro to episode 27, we are down to just, like, two things being scratched out in the intro. Almost everything has been revealed now. That's true. And presumably those two are the last two of the ten writers in the show. Yep. Yes, there are 13, but they will be... The last three are movie exclusive, so... More or less. I don't even know if it's three that are in the movies. I, I swear I just looked at this and I just don't remember. Uh, I I think I just read a thing that said Common Rider Femme was one of the, uh, the three that are movie exclusive, and I'm mad about that because that's one of the best Common Rider designs. Yeah, yeah, Femme is movie exclusive... I think Verde is movie exclusive. Yeah, it was like Femme, Verde, and I forget what the third one was. Um, I guess Ryuga is 
movie exclusive. That doesn't. I feel like that's kind of cheating, but whatever. R- Ryuga. Uh, Is that the upgraded form of Ryuki? No, it's it's the dark version of Shinji. Oh, okay, okay. Like a mirror version. Probably. Does does that count as an official numbered writer in this game? I don't, I don't know. Think. Who knows? The game doesn't make any sense. Everything's made up and the rules don't matter. Yeah, yeah this this week on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. So so we open after the intro in the hospital where where Rin's girlfriend is like like going through some sort of crash or something. Yeah, like dying. Yeah, she's dying. Uh, that won't go anywhere, though. They, like, intubate her, and she's basically fine, and there there's no more tension in this plotline for the next two episodes, so... Yeah. Pretty much. It just kind of gets resolved. I mean, okay, the scene's mostly here to introduce this dialogue scene between uh, Yui and Ren, where Yui is, like, expresses her guilt to Ren... And Ren has the in- entirely rational assertion that, like, well, no, I don't assign any blame from this okay, situation okay. to you. It's not, he's because... not entirely right. He's right about the UA bit, but the end part, he kind of, he kind of starts going into wrong territory. Okay, well, I just, I, okay. He, he says, like, I don't blame you because you're associated with Shiro. This is Shiro's fault, not you. Because at the and, end, like, he's like, all I can do is fight. And I'm like, no, no, that's not actually true. Yeah, you could also, like, grieve or, you know, let go of the person who's, like, in a vegetative state. But, you know, hey, I guess that isn't really an option. Or, like, not fight, try to stop the fighting, do other stuff. Most things. They've never really brought up what, um, is, is Aerie her name? Yeah. Or Ren's girlfriend. They've never really brought up what Aerie's prospects for, like, actual, re- like, medical recovery are, because it doesn't matter. She's just there to, you know, it's, um, be... Just, she's there to be Ren's prize for, the, for winning this game, potentially. Man, you make that sound a lot worse. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is literally objectifying her in a way, but also, like, it's not a terrible dramatic direction. I yeah. mean, it's pretty played out in terms of, like, motivation for for male characters, but I've seen worse, Like, for being I, Like, I, I think Ryuki passes the Bechanel test. Bechdel. Whatever. It, unless the Bechanel test is something I don't... Some totally different thing. I, it started with a B, I got there. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, like, Reiko and IT Girl talk about something that doesn't involve Shinji. There, there have been several episodes of Freaky that have passed the Bechdel test. All right. The cool. joke of the Bechdel test is that it's an incredibly low bar to clear, but, you know. But still. it's passed. <laughs> True. <laughs> but but mostly my point is just that, like, it's weird to bring medical drama into the airy plot line when, like, we very specifically avoided there being medical drama in there before because... It's clear that if it's going to be resolved, it's going to be resolved with magic. Yeah. So, it's just a little strange at this point. I mean, it might be, like, trying to, like, put on, like, a time limit sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if it's adding a ticking clock to Ren's motivation, I'd uh, buy that. Because I think they're doing the same thing with uh, Kitaoka, who just, like, is now just, like, passing out every once in a while. Yeah, he's his condition is also significantly worsening. So if they're doing that, like I would believe it, because also the characters haven't really seemed very motivated to progress this whole common writer game thing very much at all so far. So if that's where we're going, I'm down for that. But we need to actually go there. Yeah, for for as much as Shinji's like, I'm the only one that wants to stop the fighting. The rest of them sure don't fight a lot. <laughs> yeah, the rest of them are just chill, just doing their day jobs. Pretty much. Until this episode where Kidooka's like, ah, I gotta go murder some dudes. Yeah, I'm guessing passing out on the floor from tragedy cancer or whatever will is just <laughs> making him feel like doing some murders. Yeah. 
Um, oh, there, there is a cool mirror monster in this episode. Yeah, uh, it's like a... And a shark. A shark, probably. Yeah. This is like a, the second shark, because the other one was like a hammerhead shark that shot stuff out of its chest. I'll only consult the wiki, because the wiki always has a good answer for what the monster <laughs> is. Okay. I'm just waiting for them to be like, this monster's the chupacabra or something. Um, I don't trust them after what we went through with Kiva. No, 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 it's, it's a shark monster. <laughs> He's called, um... Abyss. Well, I guess they're called. I, I don't. I don't know their gender. Uh, they're called the Abyss Slasher. Okay. Uh, they they are pretty cool. They have like two serrated swords that look like shark jaws. So yeah, I like that touch a lot. Though the way the monster gets away from Ren beating it is by, uh, spraying Ren with water. It oh, spits no. water all over him water. and then runs away. You know, like sharks do. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's Sharks not very well known, but um, famous for spraying water on things and running away. It's not very well known, but Batman's um, weakness is actually water. <laughs> um. So yeah, Mister Freeze was just so close; he just had it in the wrong state. Oh man! If only. Lucky he never ran into all of the water-themed villains that are comics. Well, that's that. That's why he's grudgingly friends with Aquaman to co- to cover the weakness. Oh shit! Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now that you mention it. Like, like his contingency plan for having to take on Aquaman is just like, fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> Didn't? Oh man, what was his contingency? What? In Tower of Babel, was was Aquaman in the Justice League in Tower of Babel? I don't know any DC comic stuff. Oh, I think he, like, uh, Tower of Babel's that story where, um, like, some where, I think, yeah, Rachel Ghoul like, gets Batman's secret files on how to beat up all the other members of the Justice League, and then, like, does all those things, so they all get mad at Batman. And if I'm remembering correctly, he shoots Aquaman with, like, a drug that makes him allergic to water. That's right. Yeah, or, like, it gives him, like, a fear of water. This is sounding familiar now. Either waterphobia or actual water allergy. One of the two. Yeah, because I know, because they, they shoot John with something that makes it to where if he's exposed to air, his skin catches on fire, so they have to store him underwater. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. John's just perpetually dying. Yeah, which is bad. Yeah, for a second I thought you were talking about, like, the best Green Lantern, but then I realized you were talking about no, the Martian no, Manhunter. No, John Stewart. Yeah, John. John Jones. The most important member of the Justice League that no one ever includes in stuff. I, he's not include. I don't... I, I guess if you say so. Uh, I really like the Martian Rider. I mean, he's I think he's cool character. Yeah, he's great. We should talk about Kamen Rider, probably. <laughs> You're the one who keeps getting off track. You're the one it? that keeps indulging me. <laughs> well, I'm nothing if not indulgent. Okay, so anyway, when when Ren like turns into his Kamen Rider form and jumps into a mirror to fight this shark, the shark was going after this kid, and the the kid follows Ren to a mirror and sees him transform. And then he jump. you know, he does a thing where he jumps back out of the mirror world and then his Kamen Rider outfit shatters. Well, it hadn't really been clear at all up until this point whether their transformations took place in the real world or, like, if other people could see that or not. It has literally never come up in 26 episodes. So now we know (laughs) there is apparently some real world physical transformation that takes place. Yes, I assume there always was, because then they jump into the mirror after. I mean, it always looked like there was, but it was—it just never came up. Yeah, it only comes up unless it's convenient to the plot. Yeah, which this week it is. Uh, so the kid's like—he—he's he, yelling Henshin and doing Ren's arm pose thing. He's like super into the idea of being a common writer now. Yeah, I mean, I'd be super into the idea of being a common writer. Yeah, it sounds super awesome, honestly. I mean, probably uh, not in Ryuki timeline, but, like... Yeah, being a Ryuki common Rider seems to suck, though. Like, but, pretty much almost any other timeline, I'd, I'd probably take the chance. 
probably not in uh, probably not in Amazon's either because those Kamen Riders are fucked up. Yeah. Ah, Fies would kind of be a bad choice, too, even though it's canonical that everybody in the world gets the Fies build at some point. What? <laughs> You'll understand the joke when we get there. Okay, okay. Um, You know what, now that I'm thinking of it, it, it kind of sucks to be a writer in most shows. Uh, I mean, there's no real downside in Zeo or Decade? I don't... Um, okay. I mean, I guess the Don't... downside in Decade is that you're going to get body horrored by uh, Sukasa at some point. Yeah. So, like, like those two are pretty good, but, like, other than those, it's generally... Well, I guess, like, most Neo Heisei are probably safe. Like, Forze? Hell yeah, I'd be a Forze writer. Yeah, Forze's all about, like, friendship and happiness and yeah. stuff, so I assume that one's fine. Um, uh, I mean, even in Kiva, there's no real downside to being a writer. Well, apparently uh, it takes, like, extreme training to uh, work the Ixa armor, which is the only one that humans could use. <sighs> yeah, they drop that plot line <laughs> as soon as they introduce Yeah, it. but I'm not assuming that plot line will be dropped for me. I am. I am extremely confident to assert that anything that... Okay, I forget what the main character's dad's name was. Atoya. Atoya. Anything that Atoya could do, I am confident that I could do. Can you play the violin? Except for, okay, except for the violin thing. He seemed to be genuinely good at that. Can you transcend shows and be a writer in a different show? Uh, I mean, possibly. Never say never. I, I guess that's true. We're spooky besides the point again. We might revisit that for an extra episode where we take a deep dive to see in which common writer show would be best to be a common writer. Mm, that could be like a fun a fun bracket to run. It's probably just Forze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's definitely not like original common writer because you have to get experimented on by secret Nazis to be a writer in that one. Yeah, but so. then you get to punch Nazis. Oh, that's true. That's true. You get to turn turn their Nazi science against them. So that does sound kind of awesome now that you mention it. Yeah, that part is pretty awesome. Okay, anyway, so so after this kid sees Ren transform, there's uh the the next scene is um UA going back to uh the the mirror house and like having a confrontation with Shiro's ghost slash shade. Ah, yes, the plot dump part of the episode. Uh, this is also, like, I kind of thought was the most dramatic part of the episode. I liked this bit a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shiro's like, hey, you know, this was never about you. Stop interfering. I only wanted you for your mere powers, but clearly I don't need that anymore. So, like, come back and you'll get messed up. Yeah. And Yui's so like, like, no, well, I guess you're not my brother anymore. Okay, thanks, yeah. bye. Yeah, Yue is like, the only reason I was giving you the benefit of the doubt was because I remembered you being, like, a kind person in the past, but I guess that's gone now. Uh, and she starts tearing all of the the newspapers, covering the mirrors up, and there's monsters in all the mirrors. And she runs upstairs, takes a, like, a heavy brick or something, and starts, like, breaking a lot of the mirrors. Yeah, she'll just be like, if you won't take me seriously, then I'll become a writer myself. Which I right. guess to become a writer, you smash glass. Well, I guess I think the idea is she's trying to provoke one of the monsters, and if she did that, then like literally the only thing that he could do to keep her from dying would be to give her a deck. What if he just destroyed the monster? Um, is that an option? I don't. The rules don't matter. Uh, that's true. I guess. <laughs> Uh, we, we also, like, um, when, when, uh, Shiro runs up and grabs her at one point and we see his golden feather motif come out of the mirror, cluing us in for later on that this, he's the Phoenix dude. But, but like, I don't think he is actually. It, isn't he? Oh, okay. I was taking this to mean that he was the Phoenix Rider guy. That's what I thought too, but then... I don't know, like, I was looking at some of the wiki stuff, it gets weird. Okay, well, 
maybe the Phoenix guy is his mirror version, or maybe he's someone who's just working together with him closely. I don't know. That that dude has time powers, so like literally anything could be going on at that point. That's true. Um, it could be you know, him from the past or the future or whatever. I, I feel like when you had a mirror universe, I don't know if we really needed to add like time <laughs> shenanigans into it, too. I was going to bring that up when we got there, honestly, because I'm like, okay, did we really need to go there? We've already got like plenty of like Dark Twins and like Shadow Universe stuff. Does there really need to be time travel? Yes, Chris. Yes, there does. Okay, it's because it's muddying your narrative metaphor here. Because like, okay, there's there's like the shadow in psychology, like the things you regret, the things that aren't admitted, and like that's embodied in the mirror. That's like one of the most super common symbolisms in like all fiction. Pretend like I, I repeated that. the persona thing here. <laughs> Right, right. Literally the thing they say in Persona when characters get their Persona. And, like, there's that. But the, And then time travel stories are about regret and fear, about, like, making a mistake or doing something wrong in a very similar way. Well, see, because they're similar, they're like, why not both? <laughs> well, why not both? Because then it's, you, you like, muddy up the ability of your story to like connect with people emotionally <laughs> that's why you don't do that <laughs> but hey we've still got 22 episodes left so maybe they'll land it <laughs> anyway um so red gets a call uh Ares back to being fine so we don't have to worry about that anymore um the kid shows up and you know is annoying and does kid stuff to Ren and then like does yeah. the thing where like he tries to like yell and like make a commotion so like Ren gets outed as like a bad child person <laughs> and Ren's finally like fine 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 I hear this monster anyway yeah so he's like okay I'll take this opportunity to show him that he should be scared of writer stuff so then we go back to the cafe where Auntie's looking yeah. at a trip for the Amazon. Ren comes in with the child. Auntie's like, what? <laughs> uh, do you have a 10-year-old child at your age? Because that's weird, man. Um, they introduce the kid to Shinji. Ren's like, Shinji, this is your problem now. I'm going to go now. And then he goes <laughs> and, like, mopes about Eri. I... Yeah, I, I gotta say, when when Ren grabs... When he, like, grabs the kid on the shoulders and is like, Okay, fine, I'll show you. And then leaves one scene. I did not expect the plan to be, Let's take him to the cafe and have him, like, spend the night there. <laughs> yeah. That was not the direction I thought that was going, I gotta say. Yeah. So Ren just goes to mope about his girlfriend. And then the kid questions Shinji... And he explains the deck, and he puts the deck on the table, which you shouldn't do. But if you're Shinji and a moron, I guess you do it. The minute that deck went down the table, I'm like, Shinji, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, we do get to follow up on Goro and the and the gyoza, though. Gyoza. So that's, that's yeah. a plus. I, I do like the bit when we find out that Goro loved the gyoza so much. Yeah. Um, that he, he just had to come by and get the recipe. But then we smash cut to the kid stealing the deck because, you know, tropes. That was going to happen. Um, we cut to the kid Oka who, like, faints or whatever. Yeah, he, we mentioned already that he's, like, fainting in this episode. It, like, it, like uh, cuts to a clock because we, we need time metaphors now. <laughs> God damn it. Snake guy is sitting in, like, a, a room being ominously evil by himself. Yeah. So the kid gets away, and now... I, I, I guess his brother is just dead. Like, his, they just killed his brother. Yeah, he's dead as hell. Which makes uh, Shin... Like, that fuck-up from from Eri there was, like, way bigger than I thought it was to bring his brother into the situation. You mean Reiko? I, I did mean Reiko. Yeah, I meant Reiko. But, um... Yeah, that was, like, a way bigger mess-up than than, like... What I had previously suspected it to be. Yeah. Bad move, Reiko. I mean, she didn't know. 
she she hasn't held a deck yet. She doesn't know monsters exist. It's true. She did not know that there was. I mean, there are guns in reality that can like kill people and instantly. just disappear the body immediately. Okay. Well, <laughs> being dead and disappeared is like almost as bad as just being dead. I mean, look. I mean, only sometimes people <laughs> die when they're dead. <laughs> uh, it seems like that character is just dead, so Probably. that is troubling. Anyway, so the kid got away, and he has monster hearing powers because that's what the that's what the deck does. I guess holding a deck gives you monster hearing powers and monster seeing powers. Yeah, and then we cut to the part where like Shiro is moping at the house, and he goes down to pick up this painting, but the painting comes up like ripped because the water came on it. Yeah, he does the sexy cry when he's lying down. He's got, like, one tear rolling and down And we, le- we legit spend the entire next episode fixing this. <laughs> Wait. No, we spend the next episode fixing the the vase getting spilled. Yeah, which destroys the painting. So, like, it fixes the painting being ruined. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. I was, uh... I was still stuck on, um... Ren moping at the cafe. Oh, I was getting no. Ren and Shiro mixed up there. Um, yes, there's a scene where Ren mopes. There's also a scene where Shiro mopes. That's true. Um, so Ren shows back up. He's like, "Hey, why you want to fight, kid?" And he's like, "So I can be cool." And Ren's like, "I guess I am cool," and gives him the ride deck. And then, and then, like he goes in the mirror and pretends to get beat up, which no one notices until Shinji says so. Yeah, Shinji's like he could probably take the shark guy if he was trying. But then, um, and then Goro touches the deck because touching the deck apparently gives you the seeing powers. Right. And then, and then Kiryoka comes in. And it's just like, ah, I'm gonna shoot you now, Knight. And Ren- this seems like an extremely limited ability because people generally have to have their decks on them to be in the mirror universe, like. I just kind of doubt this is ever going to come up again. Right, because generally to transform into a rider, you would slot the deck into the belt, which makes you the rider. Right. It just seems like a power that they only needed for this one episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then Kidoka shows up and tries to beat up Ren. Girl's like, oh no, this is what my boss has been doing. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Goro, I guess Goro knew that Kidoka was Zolda. Yeah. But he did not know how much being Zolda might be, like, traumatic or just shitty in general. Yeah, but it's fine, because Ren has the survive card, so he does survive things. And he kills that monster, in case you were wondering about that. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he, the monster gets jumped. It, was, it wasn't even a thing. And then Oja serves up, and he's like, ha, now, now we got a real rider battle going on. Yeah. And then Shinji's like, see, kid, you have to fight like other people and do, like, rider battle stuff if you're a rider. <laughs> and and the kid is is very upset by this because apparently he is lame. Well, I mean, like fighting monsters is one thing; fighting other people's another. <sighs> okay, yes. In the narrative, it's supposed to be like, oh, that sounds like messed up and emotionally complex and stuff. Yeah. But me, I'm just like, you you don't want to have cool writer battles? Jeez. <laughs> I would probably have still gone for it if I was that kid. Because I'm less emotionally intelligent than this child. I feel like you're more emotionally intelligent than that child, but... <laughs> well, I no, I think in, in the narrative he's supposed to, like, give up this idea because, like, he figures out that it would be bad. And he does, so Shinji gets his deck back and now he goes to fight. Yeah. Uh, Goro all, is like, I'll make sure the kid gets home. So yep. he is also... So he doesn't have to be in the scene anymore. Um, Ojo summons his stupid Gundam monster. (laughs) Okay, this thing is such a Digimon at this point. I feel like it's it's. I feel like it's almost just like a Getter Robo at this point. Okay, well, I don't have enough of an idea what a Getter Robo is to have a pattern of them in my head. So I'll believe you. Well, you see, if if you play the Super Robot game war game, I gave you. You would have some very basic knowledge of Get a Robo, and you could understand and share this moment with me. I got through like 10, 15 missions, but I that Get a Robo hadn't shown up yet. It, it would strengthen like our our social link bond. 
<gasps> I should go back to that one. You should. I've been playing too much Let It Die lately. You sh- you should play a video game that I like. I also like Super Robot Wars. Yeah, you should play more of it. It's good, Chris. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I already like Super Robot Wars. Um, that aside, so the dumb thing shows up, but then this gold rider guy comes in. And he's got the same golden feathers flying everywhere that we saw in the Sheen Mishiro earlier. Yeah. That seemed like a pretty fucking obvious narrative tell that they were the same guy to me, but apparently not. Well, it's weird, like... Okay, so according to the wiki, there's like... There's three... There's three of these writers. There's three Odins. Okay. And so it's... His name's Common Rider Odin? Yeah, his name's Odin. He's Phoenix-themed, though. Phoenixes are like fire themed and Odin is like lightning themed and and magic and spears. This guy doesn't have any of those. I I don't know, but apparently like what happens is like Shiro needs like a person to use like the Odin card deck and then he can be Odin. Oh, okay. So he, he makes, like, puppets out of the people he, like, gives the Odin deck to. Huh. Okay, so that that makes sense, I guess. So it is Shiro, then, sort of. Kind of. There's, like, someone else's body in there, but it's presumably still That's Shiro. what it seems like. Okay, so, but then, so, like, Odin shows up and, like, floats down to the ground... And then, like the la- the the next scene is this brief scene where Reiko busts into the uh, cafe, and is like, "I re- I realize where I've seen that face before." And she's talking about the face from that security recording that right. she was watching. She matches it up with the face of of uh, Shiro that she had seen in a picture in the cafe, and tells Yui that uh, this guy died in America a year ago. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and then the episode ends. Yeah. Then the common Rider Odin is like, uh, keep fighting. Yeah, come on, the, do it. The winner between you guys, you you fight me. Yeah, you guys, you guys keep fighting, and then you'll fight me. And that's the that's it. That's the thing. Yep. Alright, so and now I'm we like, go back now we go into the recap episode. And I'm like, dude, that is not that's not new information. We already knew that. Yeah. So now it's recap time. We go into episode twenty eight, which is called Time Vent. It's called Time Vent because, like, all the writers try to t- try to fight Odin and they don't they don't fight him at all. Then Odin's he like just pulls out his staff. Yeah, they never call him Common Rider Odin in this episode. I didn't know that was his name until Garrett mentioned it just now. Yep that that's his name. His his motif is a phoenix and he's called Odin. He, he's got an extremely cool uh, visor. His, his visor is like this long staff thing with a phoenix on top. Yeah. I, it probably it looks like also a, has a name. And it's probably yeah, it's like, dumb and called like phoenix visor. <laughs> it looks like he's carrying around like a bird perch. Oh no, sorry. It's the gold visor. Which is also dumb. But yeah, the characters fail to punch him. Then he puts a time vent card into the, the gold visor. And rewinds time because he says a correction to the timeline needs to be made. But it seems like apparently only Shinji goes back. Yeah, Shinji's the only person who experiences this timeline. As, I, it, this, it's uh, it's very time travel as far as we can tell. It's very confusing because like the rules of like Shinji remembering what's going on during this like time travel thing is inconsistent at best. Yeah, it's it's it does the thing where he's like sort of initially remembers stuff, but then as he like he'll gradually forget it as the time per- thing progresses. But then he'll gradually remember it again. Yeah, but then it skips forward again in what we're seeing, and then he remembers stuff again. It's this <laughs> this episode is super weird. Yeah, I don't I I don't think it's necessarily good. I think it's kind of just an excuse for like a clip show. Even though apparently it's all new footage, according to Chris, which I don't necessarily think all of it is, but... I don't think it is. I mean, I was sort of joking in that it's a clip show you need to watch. 
Yeah. In order to understand the ongoing story. Or just watch, like, the last, like, two minutes. I mean, no, but you need to, like, what Shinji goes through in this episode is um, seems to be important to his character, at least. That's true. Seeing people die again makes him double upset. He also has one of his uh, his rare cool moments where he gets to punch Zold- uh, punch Odin? Odin at the end. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool moment. I I love the reveal that he he uh the way he got to this cool moment was by being a huge fucking dork. Yeah, just like he kept <laughs> writing like a note to himself when he hear when he remembered. That's just like right. see gold feathers punch behind you. Yes, and he wrote this note to himself like dozens of times. <laughs> and I'm like that is a really that's a really good encapsulation of Shinji as a character. He gets his cool moment by being a huge dork. Yeah. Um, apparently it's also supposed to be, like, a thing where, like, Owen's like, you shouldn't remember this. But. Yeah. I don't know, Shinji's the protagonist. I I kept wondering, like, is it gonna have anything to do with the fact that he has a hand-me-down card deck? Doesn't come up. No. Also, this whole episode is just, like, Shinji trying to change people from dying, and it doesn't work. Right. I mean, there's actually some, like, internal drama in here, because, uh, well, we, the audience, know that where he's going in this flashback is the bit where Manta Ray dude, I forget what his name is. Miyuki? Yeah, Miyuki. Miyuki is, like, if he doesn't change the timeline, Miyuki's gonna die again, and Miyuki's whole thing was about, like, he wanted to prove that he could change time that he could like change fate and he thought he had done it in that moment when he saved uh shinji where like this episode kind of like makes that into not the case it kind of undercuts that by saying like no that was gonna happen no it's just don't i mean i feel like it also just be reconfirming that miyuki did change it change fate well yeah, but it's not a change if the same thing happens again. <laughs> I maybe I don't know, but like he's to him, he still changed it because he saw Shinji dying and Shinji didn't die. It's true. Okay, from from Miyuki's experience, apparently in this new timeline, he experienced the exact same thing. But from Shinji's perspective, he has to see a dude go through the whole thing of like, uh, like I have to make a dramatic sacrifice to change fate, and like. Shinji knows that doesn't have to happen. He knows that if he did, like, if he did a little better, or if he had the ability to grasp it, he could prevent that, so that none of them had to die. But he he can't do it. Like every time he tries to change change the the past, something happens to prevent it. Either, Except at the end. Yeah, <laughs> until the last moment. But like, either things arrange themselves to still work out the same way, or like he forgets what he was trying to do right as he goes to take the action. So, it, I don't know. It's like this weird little bit of internal drama in here, where like he's having a parallel arc to Miyuki about where he like is literally experiencing a time when he tries to change, change the outcome of events and can't do it. Whereas that was like Miyuki's whole arc. That's true. So I thought that was interesting, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, they don't hit this that hard dramatically. Like, it's kind of, it's there if you pick up on it, but no one really says anything about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's just kind of like a weird episode. I feel like they were kind of just rushed and they're like, well, what can we do quickly? Or Maybe. maybe it was planned. I don't know. It's just really weird. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess they they introduce this, like, this overseer character and the fact that he's, like, uh, can do time shit. And I guess they're just like, okay, this is a lot. Let's give the audience an episode to accept this. Maybe? I get. I, maybe. Shiro's got a lot of, like, he keeps seeing uh, Odin and Shiro and they're by, they both say, like, you can't. Like, you can't change the direction that the timeline's taking. They say it a lot. They're also just like, we're not doing this for you. 
Yeah, they they're also very uh, emphatic on this time. This change to the timeline has nothing to do with you. There's no reason that you should be able to remember what is happening because it doesn't have anything to do with you. Because I gotta save this painting. Yeah, that's extremely weird. And if there's no reason for it, that's just goofy. That's. I, I, I think I'll venture out to say that if there's no reason for this to happen, it's bad storytelling. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense otherwise. I don't know. Or, I guess, maybe because of that, Yui never had that, that um, confrontation with Shiro where she... No, he did. I, I thought that at first, too. I thought that Yui maybe didn't have the confrontation with Shiro. But when he picks up the photo, when he picks up the drawing in that room again... The the mirrors are still broken. The room's still trashed. Okay, well that's just dumb then. Yeah, the the uh, there's something like I guess maybe there's magic in this one specific picture or something. Uh, I I think it's more just like a weird like evil villain sentimental thing. It it could be sentimental. It could be there's literally some power in the drawing, but we don't know at this because point. Because at the end, he's just like whatever like it's it's all for ua and like i'm gonna protect her yeah because they they do the thing where he they, they do the thing where they show the argument between him and yui from his perspective and like his internal monologue implies that he's like old yellering her or something <laughs> where he's like telling her to stay away and this isn't about her because he doesn't he it's like for her own good or something because he's like got to do a bad thing and he doesn't want her to get involved and i'm like whatever man yeah oh like this is basically a clip show episode with like some sprinkles on it there's it's a clip show episode that has a lot going on which is i don't know if that's the worst kind of clip show or the best kind of clip show i don't know yeah i don't know i i don't know where to land on this one yeah me either uh, yeah, Shinji does get his cool moment where he, uh, where, like, Odin is teleporting all around him at the end, being like, I have control of time, you totally suck and stuff, keep doing the fighting. Uh, you can't change anything, you totally suck. Uh, oh, sh I'm teleporting behind you now, and well, then Shinji punches him. Here's, like, the other thing, too. So, like, here's, like, the chain of events that happen in, like, 30 seconds. Shinji punches teleport guy. Teleport guy's like, oh, how'd you do this? And then he beats up Shinji anyway. Shinji's like, oh man, I guess I didn't change anything. And then he, and then Odin's like, ah, I see you couldn't change anything. And then Shinji's like, no, well, actually, you doubled the weight of the dead people that I was already caring about. So I'm gonna protect these yeah. people twice as hard. Yeah, he's like, well, I changed one thing. I changed that I got to get in that hit on you. And he's like, emotionally, I am now renewed in my like quest to avenge those people who have died yeah so like that's kind of a cool dramatic moment i i mean i don't know if they're going anywhere with it like Shin shinji needs to do stuff he hasn't done stuff he hasn't done enough stuff lately i like that his secondary friend got the upgrade first <laughs> that's pretty much it like i don't uh, it's not like a super yeah. lot of details in clip show. I mean, the like, it's one of the last episodes of the or last shots of the episode is like all four of the still living writers standing in a group against Odin, and like Snake Guy is on their side, and I'm like, he murdered a bunch of people. Like, are he are are we are we are we cool with him being on our side now? Because, like, he still seems bad. It's probably just until they <laughs> defeat, like, the stronger guy, and then they gotta go murder the murderer. Yeah, I I'm just a little... I'm I'm pretty iffy on Snake Guy being, like, framed on their side for this little bit at the end. I'm honestly kind of surprised he's still alive. I definitely expected him to be dead by now, yeah. But yeah, the last, last shot of the episode is we get to see what the point of all this was uh as shiro goes and picks up the paint the little watercolor drawing in the house that didn't have the face filled on it in this timeline and that's the end yep 
Uh, yep, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> man. We were kind of all over the place today, but... Just a I little know. bit. I, f- I feel like we covered what happened in the episodes emotionally. Uh, Alright, this is a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com where there is links to a bunch of podcatchers, an email, some Twitters, all that fun stuff. Yep, uh, you can follow us online if you would like to do so. We're on Stitcher and we're iTunes, on Stitcher, I think. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. Anywhere you want to uh, look up the podcast... Uh, leave, you can leave us a review. That that like apparently gets podcasts seen more, so yeah. that would be cool. You should do that. Uh, it, it's bug though, and it doesn't show up unless you put in five stars though. <laughs> um, you you might also uh, you might also say that that's a feature, not a bug. Who knows? But uh, just make sure um, the the number is five that you want. Unless it goes up to ten, then you put in ten. Yeah, I, I mean, if you like the podcast, please review it. If you don't, I mean, you're probably not listening to this episode, because we're like 200 fucking episodes. <laughs> I, I think you might be over overestimating by 100. Are, is it? I don't know, Maybe. like, actually, like, the website kind of just... We, we kind of title the episodes with, like, the number, so... It's 135. Okay. Well, it's still a lot. You're probably not listening this far in unless you like the show. Or it's your first episode and this was the latest episode up. True? I mean, weird choice if so, but hey, I, you know... You know what, though? We're not here to judge. That's true, we're not. We're here to judge Common Rider, we're not here to judge you. Right. So I guess, if you're <laughs> listening and you're also a Common Rider, we're judging you, but not because of listening. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> we should probably just end this episode now. Um, uh, this has just been a Passing Through podcast. Remember that, or don't. The weight of the podcast is twice as strong now. Yeah, it, twice as strong.